Welcome to Grounded and Growing in Christ. I'm Dan Rhoda, a pastor of Worland Park Christian Reformed Church, and today we are going to open the Bible together to hear from God's Word. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. There you can learn more about this audio ministry. And we'd love if you'd consider providing financial support by making a gift of any amount. If you're not part of the local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 John? We continue to make our way through our series talking about our church's core convictions. And today we're going to be talking about life together. We're going to be talking about the scriptural biblical value of fellowship that's given to us as the redeemed of the Lord. Here's what 1 John has to say to us. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Orland Park CRC is a congregation that in many ways loves to be together. The first time I realized this, I was in seminary. I was in seminary at Westminster Seminary in California, and for Christmas, my parents gave me a gift of letting me accompany them to Florida, to Bonita Springs, Florida, where my grandparents were staying for a couple of months during the wintertime. So we got there, and we spent a week there, and that meant that our time was over a Sunday, one Sunday, and so we went with my grandma and grandpa to First Baptist Church of Naples, where they worshiped while they were there in uh, in that area for the summer. And so we went to church. It was a massive and a wonderful Baptist congregation. It, it, you know, thousands of people worship there every Sunday. It was so big that you felt like you could get a little bit lost because of the, the massive amount of humanity that was there. And after the, the worship service ended, people mostly went to a couple different places. Some people went off to adult Sunday school. Some people went off to their cars and went to whatever next was, uh, was going on in life. And there was one small contingent of people that sort of hung out outside of the front doors. I'll just call that the fellowship contingent. So there was a small fellowship contingent of people. And, and, I, and so my parents and I spent some time talking with that fellowship contingent. And for some reason, my parents knew every single person that was there. And I asked them why that was. And one person in the group said, oh, well, this is Orland Park Christian Reformed Church right here. After the worship service, we hang out together here and we are able to talk. That's why your parents know everybody who's here. 
And I remember thinking, that's really remarkable. (laughs) After all the Baptists went to do what it was that they were going to do, the CRC folks stayed and talked for a long time outside the doors of First Baptist Church in Naples. And I remember as we left thinking, man, that's a church that loves to talk with other members of that church. That is a church that seems to really love each other. Now, mind you, this was years, this was a few years before I would receive a call to be the pastor of this church, but that was something that left an impression on me. These are people that love to stay and talk. That's continued to be the case. I mean, if, if you, um, you know, this was the case for me growing up. My mom always used to joke, my dad liked to play the game of can we be the last car to leave the church parking lot at the end of a church service, right? And it was, you know, sometimes an hour, an hour and a half after the service, and we'd make sure that our car was the last one to leave because the Bukema family loved fellowship with other church members. And that's something that you can experience here. Looking out, there are some of you that like to play be the last car that leaves the church parking lot on a Sunday morning or evening, and that is wonderful. Fellowship and life together is a great, great gift that's given to Christians. As you read, as you heard, as you saw the words of 1 John chapter 1, as I read it this morning, I hoped you noticed that there is a massive emphasis on fellowship. In fact, that word fellowship is the most often repeated word, fellowship. Fellowship takes two forms in 1 John chapter 1. The first thing that's talked about in this wonderful chapter of scripture is fellowship with God, being joined together with God. And the second thing that's talked about is fellowship with other Christians, fellowship with each other. This is life together, together with God and together with each other. And knowing that there are these two things talked about within the passage, let's together take a close look (coughs) at these two things. And then let's conclude our time together this morning by spending some time with an example of fellowship that's given to us in scripture. So our points this morning will be fellowship with God, fellowship with each other, and what fellowship looks like. Let's start with fellowship with God. For this, we need to look at first, or Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one, verses 15 through 23. This talks a great deal about fellowship with God. Let me read this portion of scripture and you'll see it on the screen as well. Colossians 1, 15 to 23 says this. He, that's talking about Jesus Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you as holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a minister. 
I want you to pay attention especially to verses 21 and 22. Verses 21 and 22 tell us this. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 22, talk about how the Lord God has ended our loneliness. He's ended our alienation. He's ended our separation from him. He has brought us To use biblical language here, he has brought us into fellowship with him. When 1 John, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, talks about how our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Colossians explains to us how it is that that happened. It says that at one time we were alienated from God. At one time, we were separated from God. At one time, we did not have fellowship with God. At what time, we were not friends with God. What this means is that because sin came into the world, there was this breach that was created between God and his holiness on one side and between humanity and our sinfulness on the other side. This breach was immediate when sin came into the world. The man and the woman who had been created by God were created for fellowship and for life together along with God. In fact, early in Genesis, we're told that the Lord God himself used to come down and in the cool of the day, in the garden that he had created, with the man and the woman he had created, they would walk together. They would fellowship together. They would enjoy life together in the garden. However, after Adam and Eve sinned, and after humanity was plunged into sin, When the Lord shows up in the garden, Adam and Eve hide themselves from him. This is one of those heartbreaking portions of scripture as we see that the whole human heart has now been corrupted as sin has come into the world. And the very one that Adam and Eve were created to have fellowship with and to know and to walk with and to enjoy, they run and hide themselves from him now. And as they do that, they show us the natural tendency of each human heart. Our natural tendency for those of us who are in sin is to hide ourselves from the Lord God now, is to keep ourselves from him, is to not want to stand in his holiness if we recognize our sin. The scriptures show us, therefore, that our sin creates a chasm between God and his holiness on one side and us and our sinfulness on the other. But Colossians gives to us amazing news, good news. God has provided the solution. Today's message on Grounded and Growing in Christ will continue in just a moment. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, to listen to other messages from our audio ministry, or to make a financial gift of any amount, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. That's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This audio ministry is made possible by gifts from listeners like yourself, and we greatly appreciate all those of you who continue to make it possible to share this work with listeners across Chicagoland. Now let's return to today's message. You who were once alienated and hostile in your mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. 
God overcame our alienation. God overcame our hostility. God overcame the massive chasm that separated us from God. And he overcame it by the cross. God has provided one bridge to fellowship with him. One cross-sized bridge. The cross stands at the very bottom of the chasm that that separated us and the beams of the cross unite us and our sinfulness coming through the cross, being washed by the blood of the cross to be able to come into fellowship with God the Father. That's amazing. This is an astounding gift. God ended the alienation that sin brought into the world. You know, there are a number of people that I talk to uh, at any given time, at any given month, in any given month or any given year. And when I talk to them about Jesus, a lot of times the comment is, you know what, that's fine for you. That's not the way that I do it. I feel like we can all get to God our own way. That's something I hear a fair bit. You know what, you, you don't want to meet God the Father unless you come through Jesus Christ the Son. It's only Jesus that can end that alienation. If you want to be presented blameless before the Father, it only comes from Christ Jesus. And Jesus, through his, his life and his death and his resurrection, does something amazing for us. He creates peace. He eliminates the chasm that separated us. And he gives us the gift of fellowship with God. Do you know you can have, you can have a relationship with the God of the universe now because you're presented in Christ Jesus, blameless and above reproach before him? You know, it's because of our sinfulness and God's holiness that we were separated. And so Christ Jesus, by ending that alienation, takes away our sinfulness, gives the righteousness of God, which means that there's no more breach that needs to be healed. Our sinfulness no longer separates us if we're in Christ Jesus. We have fellowship with God. And therefore, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 says a remarkable truth to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Christ Jesus. In Jesus, we now have an unbreakable bond. We are made friends with God. We are joined together with God. This is an astounding gift. And that's not the only gift that we are given. We're given the gift of friendship with God, fellowship with God, and then also fellowship with each other. One of the things that we discover when we come to Jesus Christ, when we have our sins forgiven, when we are redeemed by him, when we are healed by him, when we are made a part of his family, is that we exist now in a family, a family that is bigger and broader than our natural earthly family. We are made to be a part of the family of God. Christ's death and resurrection not only removes the chasm that separates us from the Lord God, but also removes the sin that separates us from each other. Being redeemed by Christ Jesus means that we are able to be a part of a joyful community. We are able to be one in Christ Jesus. We're able to be together. We're able to have fellowship, to live life together. That's what verses three and four talk about. Verses three and four tell us that that John, who's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as he's writing this church, he's saying, listen, I'm writing to you so that you can have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Lord God and with Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to this so that our joy together may be complete. 
What we're being told here is that for us to live a life of joy means that we get to live a life knowing Jesus and then being together as those who have been redeemed by Christ Jesus the Lord. That this is one of the keys to joyful living, to joyful life. God doesn't want to spoil your fun. God wants you to live life and live it to the fullest. God wants fullness of joy for you and me in Christ Jesus in life together. God wants fellowship with you, and God wants you to have fellowship with others who are in Christ Jesus. The Greek word here is a word koinonia, and it means an inseparable bond by which we are joined to the Father and to Jesus and to each other, an unbreakable bond. Now, this is a deep longing of every human heart. I think it's a deep longing because it's something that God's given to us because it's something that's good, right? This desire to be known deeply and to know another deeply in return. To be known deeply by a group of people, to, be, to know them in return. Or to put it another way, to have a, a loved one or to have a group of loved ones, to have a family who knows you, even the parts of you that you often would want to hide from other people, who sees that and then does not turn away but embraces you. This is what the church This is what the church is able to experience. This is what the church is able to know. To know someone deeply. To be known by them in return. And 1 John tells us how we can have it. When we're both in Christ Jesus. When we're found in him. When we have our sin taken away by him. When we know the power of the gospel when we're able to rejoice in that gospel together, we can live life together in a beautiful way. You have this deep fellowship. You can have it when your life is grounded in Christ Jesus. When he is at the center of who you are, when he is that which you want to talk about, that means that when you find that somebody else shares that in common, you have this inseparable bond of fellowship. It's amazing. You know, if you're here this morning and you don't yet trust Jesus, you can have this fellowship too. If you trust in Jesus. And 1 John also tells us that we have deep fellowship by living righteous lives, by keeping ourselves from sin. Verse 7 tells us, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's some people who would try to have you believe that being a Christian steals your joy. That Christians are those who create unnecessary rules in order to avoid having fun. Billy Joel says that in his song, Only the Good Die Young. He says, there's, they say there's a heaven for those who will wait. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners have much more fun. First John chapter 1 tells us that that is a lie. It might be a song that you enjoy, but there is a central lie at the very core of it. That song is a lie, and it's a common lie. Christians are boring, or Christians have no fun. Sinners are the ones who have a good time. That is a perfect lie. 
The goal of the apostle, the apostle who's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that you and I would have joy in fellowship. And that joy is a true joy that comes when we give ourselves to Christ and when we give ourselves to righteousness. That, in fact, when that happens, there is a much deeper, much broader, much better joy in Christian faithfulness and righteousness than there is in sin. In fact, sin will always disrupt and cause ruptures in community. You know that this is true. If you're somebody, or if you know somebody, that is a thief, that steals, that takes advantage of other people, you don't want to be around that person. Or if you are, you're always sort of maybe like watching your pocketbook or trying to figure out ways that they're trying to take advantage of you. If there's somebody that regularly gives themselves to lying, that's not the sort of person that you want to spend that much time with. If you can't trust somebody, you can't really enjoy time with them. I had a friend in college who was a compulsive liar. He was very funny, but you started to realize, like, I don't know what you, I don't know what is true and what is not when you tell me things. Like, I don't even know how to spend time with you because I literally cannot tell if you are saying a single true word to me. That is the breakdown of community and fellowship. That's not the creation of it. Sin always, always, always breaks down and tears down community. Righteousness always builds it up. Walking in the light as Christ is in the light, that is something that leads to fellowship. That's something that leads to joy. That's something that leads to an exciting life. Sin at the end of everything is terribly dull. And fellowship in Christ Jesus with those who are also in Christ Jesus is exciting and is joyful. Now there's one thing that's essential to note here. The fellowship that 1 John talks about here, notice, is fellowship that comes from being in Christ Jesus. That's what we're told in verses three and four. And it's fellowship that comes from righteousness. That's what we're told in verse seven. This fellowship comes from a common membership in Christ Jesus and righteousness and not from shared experiences, not chiefly from shared experiences, not chiefly from a shared cultural heritage. And I I think it's important for us to be straightforward and honest this morning and admit that this kind of fellowship has historically been difficult for the Christian Reformed Church and it is presently difficult for the Christian Reformed Church. And some of these reasons are because there are good, good things that exist within the CRC. Now, for those of you who might be newer here, the Christian Reformed Church has a very common shared cultural heritage. And that is that the Christian Reformed Church arises out of specific situations in the Netherlands. And people that came into the United States that joined the CRC were, were Dutch speakers. In fact, the Christian Reformed Church didn't do its official theological business in English until like 75 years after it had been established. It was a church that did things in Dutch for a very long time. You know, that's just, a, that's just a historical reality. And that impacts the way that the, the church is made up today. And then also, the Christian Reformed Church has had a, a really good emphasis on, on Christian education, on Christian day school. It has had an emphasis on the family. And those things are good. I'm not denigrating those things. But those things are, are bad if they then lead us to to sort of set up our social circles or our circles of fellowship as family circles, right? Or as being a part of 
the Christian school. That's where, that's where I get my friends. That's how I have my fellowship circle. If, if that's what starts to define us and not a common membership in Christ Jesus, then those good things become very bad things. Why do I say all this? I'm saying that especially, especially being in this congregation, right, in this denomination, there needs to be particular focus spent on expanding our circle of fellowship, expanding our circle of friendship. That means that the people that we have over to our homes should not just be our family. It should not just be other members who have sent their kids to the Christian school. It's important for us to become friends with other Christians, to have fellowship with those who have Christ in common, and not simply a shared cultural heritage or a shared school. Become friends with people who are unlike you. Become friends with Christians who are unlike you culturally. My prayer is that the Lord speaks to you through His Word that we cultivate grateful hearts to Him and flourish in a world searching for the hope that we find only in Jesus. To hear more about gratitude, to learn about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, or to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160 through this audio ministry, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. I'm Pastor Dan Rhoda, and on behalf of the Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the Bible here on AM 1160. If you're not part of a local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Grounded and Growing in Christ can be heard weekdays at 2 p.m. on AM 1160. I'm Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church. This month we're focusing on the topic of gratitude throughout the Bible, exploring how God has instructed us to flourish in the world with hearts grateful and thankful to God. If you're not a part of a local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com.